The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time where we always have fresh, relevant, and new revelation for you each and every week. It's always something new and exciting, something that's going to maybe change our mindset, maybe something that's going to give us new perspective, or open our eyes, or take us deeper and further in our relationship with God. And I am so excited to be speaking here with you this week. As many of you who have been listening to us for the past several weeks know, Pastor Chris is in the Philippines now, and she's going to be there for another couple weeks, but we've received reports from her, and everything is going amazing. God is really moving there in the Philippines, and we know that the people there are very hungry. But just because Pastor Chris is in the Philippines does not mean we're going to let up on you at all. So we're going to continue moving from glory into glory. And I want to talk to you a little bit this week about authority. Because as we've been talking for weeks and months, actually it's been years that we've been talking about this, God wants to bring a move here in the United States that's going to shake the whole world. And he has told us through prophetic word that he wants it to be a move that will eclipse all others that came before it. So I want you to think about that for a moment, okay? Any other move of God that has happened maybe in your life or that you read about, God wants it to be so much greater than what came before, you know, because God's always got to raise the standard, right? So we are right now, we are at the early stages of this move of God, and it's going to include the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence if we are willing to obey and listen to him. He wants to bring a revival that will make every other revival, every other move of God pale in comparison. And it's not going to happen like we think it will. But in order for this to happen, the body of Christ needs to move into a place of authority, okay? And that means that we have influence, we have the resources, we are in the position in society, wherever we're supposed to be, where God is leading us, where God can position us to really direct this nation on its proper path, on its proper course. And this applies all over the world as well. God's moving all over the world. I know many of you are listening in the Philippines or listening overseas as well, but God really wants to move. But in order for him to move and bring about this miraculous move of God, we have to move into a position of authority. In Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute, because it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We know that's Jesus Christ. And then it says, And the government will be upon 
his shoulders. So I want you to think about that for a minute because what are the shoulders of Christ? Or rather, who is the body of Christ? That's the church. That's us. The government is supposed to rest upon our shoulders, right? Because Jesus Christ is our head. We are the body. We are the body of Christ. That means if the government is resting upon our shoulders, that means that we have influence in government. So we're supposed to be in a position of authority. I have one more scripture for you. Psalms 110, starting with verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now what's happening in this picture here? This is a psalm of David. And what's happening here is the Father God is speaking to the Son of God, Jesus, and he's saying, you're going to sit at my right hand until your enemies are a footstool for your feet. So what does that mean? It means Jesus Christ cannot return. He will remain at the right hand of the Father until the body of Christ is ruling and reigning here on the earth. We're supposed to be in authority, and Jesus can't return until the body of Christ gets into a position of authority. So that means you have to forget about any rapture mentality that you have, forget about any of those end times eschatology that you have. We are going to be in authority before Jesus Christ returns. See, and the problem, right, with that rapture mentality is that it's a very defeatist mindset. Well, it's going to get bad. Right. That's what they say. Well, it's going to get worse anyway. So why do we even have to worry about it? Right. It's going to get bad. Satan's going to have his reign, but Jesus is going to take us away. Right. That is a mindset that is riddled with fear, acceptance of things that are going to go wrong. That is not the will of God. That is not how God operates as never how God had operated, that we just accept defeat. But we're going to be taken to heaven. So if you have any of that mindset or those lingering thoughts, you have to get rid of it because it says there in the scripture, he's going to remain at the right hand of the father until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. We as the body of Christ. Now, our job is to establish the kingdom of God and to rule and reign as kings and priests. So we have to move into a position of authority. We cannot keep doing things the way that we've been doing things. And, and we haven't been in authority, at least not for the past, you know, how many decades. A lot of the body of Christ's influence has diminished. And the thing that's holding us back right now is for so long, the body of Christ, we've been spending so much time putting out fires that are surrounding us, that come up. We're putting out fires in our personal relationships. We're putting out fires in our families. We're putting out fires in our finances, fires in our own physical wellness and our health. We're constantly dealing with issues that are being thrown at us. We're reacting to things that are happening to us. And things are going to happen, of course. But we need to be controlling the momentum. We need to set the tone. If Satan is coming and attacking you, he is setting the pace of the engagement. He's doing it on his own terms. So we have to deal with all those fires because how can we be a solution for others if we're constantly dealing with our own issues. So we have to be proactive. We have to ask God, okay, God, how do I resolve these issues according to your will, according to your ways of doing things? How do I deal with them right now so that I can move into a position of authority? Because you see, if Satan's attacking you on your own turf, 
Or if there are issues, sometimes it's not even Satan. Sometimes it's our own folly. Sometimes it's our own disobedience. But we got to put things in order. We have to do everything that we can do to put things in order according to God's perfect will. And what this comes down to is that we have to have a proactive mindset instead of a being reactive. Because God has already given us prophetic words. God has already given us instructions. Many of us, God maybe has been telling us the same thing over and over and over. But we're not being proactive. So maybe he'll tell us something. He'll give us an instruction. This is what you're going to do. This is what you need to do. But we sit on it. It's like, well, I'm waiting on God. God's already given us the instructions. God's already told us how we can put things in order. Many of us for years. And then when a problem arises or when something happens, then we cry out to God. Why are we waiting for something bad to happen and then praying to God? See, that is a reactive mindset. I'm going to live my day. I'm going to go and do whatever I want to do. And then when something happens, I'm going to get a bailout from God. No. That is not the kind of mindset that's going to lead the body of Christ into a position of authority. We have to be proactive. So we don't wait for something bad to happen to us and then pray to God. Being proactive means every day we're examining our day and saying, well, God, how did I handle this? God, what do you want me to do in this situation? See, because if we go to God, as we go about our daily walk, he's going to show us things that we didn't realize before. He's going to lead us down a path that's greater than our own path. This is a mindset that is so important for us in the body of Christ. We can't sit around doing our own thing and expecting God to move. A move of God is coming, and whether we are ready for it or not, it's going to happen. The choice is whether we're going to partake in it or not. So I encourage you, Around your immediate circle, if there's any fires, if there's any unresolved issues, take care of those issues. The Holy Spirit will lead you how to resolve those issues, but we have to be proactive. We can't shy away from an issue because we don't want to address it. It has to be taken care of now because if we don't put things in order, if we don't prepare ourselves for the move of God, he's not going to be able to use us. We're going to have to catch the next train. This is what the move of God is going to be like for us, and I can prove it to you. Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 1. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. See, all ten of these virgins, they are set aside for the bridegroom. They knew the bridegroom was coming, but only half of them prepared. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go out to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were already ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. 
Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Now, many people take this parable and they think it just returns to the last days, right? To the rapture and the end times. And it's relevant to that, but the Bible is multifaceted, right? It's amazing because you can read one scripture and it has layered meanings upon layered meanings. So Jesus at the beginning said that the kingdom of heaven will be like this. He didn't say my return will be like this. He didn't say the end times will be like this, which means the kingdom of heaven operates like this. We know that Christ the Father God is bringing a move of God, a move of the Spirit that will be like no other, that will be greater than any that came before it. We don't know the day and we don't know the hour, but we can prepare to be a part of that move, right? And in this parable, half of those that were set aside for the bridegroom prepared and the other half didn't. And those that didn't prepare, they could not partake of the feast, that the bridegroom had prepared for them. We know the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence is coming. We know that revival is coming. Transformation is coming. And for many of us, we've received prophetic words, prophetic instructions. This is what you need to do. These are the steps that you can take. For some of us, it's even just revelations, things that God has been showing us. Have we begun implementing those things that God has shown us in our lives, in every area of our lives? Have we begun following God's instructions to the best of our ability. Have we done that in every area of our life? Because doing that, taking what God has given you, taking what God has instructed you and implementing in every area of your life, that is like these five wise virgins who they didn't know when the bridegroom was coming, but they said, you know what? I have this lamp. I have this oil. I'm going to put this in place where I can put it. We don't know how God's going to bring the revival. We don't know what time it's going to happen. But unless we prepare, unless we follow God's instructions that he's already given us, because why should God give us more revelation if we haven't even put to work the revelations that he's given us, if we haven't even obeyed the commands that he's given us? So as we do that, we'll be like those wise ones that prepared the oil, even though they didn't know when he was coming, right? Because you see the two different mindsets, right? The wise versions were proactive. They knew what they could do to prepare right? They're like, okay, well, I have a lamp. We're going to, you know, let's get some oil ready, okay? We have our prophetic instructions. We have revelations that God's given us. Let's implement them now. Because the foolish virgins, they were reactive, right? They decided, well, we're going to do our own thing, and I guess when the bridegroom shows up, we'll figure it out at that time. That is not a mindset that's going to put the body of Christ in authority, we need to follow God, obey his words. We have to be proactive. In addition to that, God is expecting us to produce. Because we have to understand there's one thing that people respect, and that's results. If we produce results in our lives, then the world is going to take notice. Okay, If we obey God like we're supposed to, signs and wonders are supposed to follow us. The scripture says these signs will follow them that believe. They will heal the sick and they will recover. They will speak in other tongues. They will be bitten by serpents. They will drink poison and it will not harm them. These miraculous signs are supposed to follow believers. 
It's not supposed to be when something believers go about their life however they wish to live their life and they cry out to God when something bad happens. Or when a problem arises, maybe a loved one, maybe in their personal finances that they try to hide from it. Signs and wonders are supposed to follow us. Okay, Jesus, people from all different places would gather to listen to him and to see him and witness him. Why? He produced supernatural results. If we produce supernatural results, the world will take notice. And then they'll begin to wonder, what is it that they got that we don't got? Why is it that they always have joy? Why is it that they are able to operate in the miraculous? Why is it that blessings follow them wherever they go? Right? Because even in the scripture, we know in stories like Joseph, we knew that even unbelievers, they recognized the hand of God was on Joseph because he prospered in everything that he did. In the body of Christ, we should be like that. The hand of God should be upon us because we do everything unto the Lord. We should be prosperous and blessed, and it should be supernatural, everything that we do. But we have to produce, right? We have to have that obedience, okay? And it's not sitting back and just expecting God to do it because God does things, but he won't bring supernatural results if we do not obey him if we do not implement what he's already shown us. Because we know faith without works is dead. We can say we have faith in God, but if our actions don't line up with our faith, is our faith really true? Because faith will always, always produce a corresponding action. So I'm going to continue again. This is Matthew 25. I want us to read the scripture further because Jesus tells another parable. And he says, again, this is verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. And in it, he is also referring to it being the kingdom of heaven. So again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. And to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, and I want you to look at that, okay? The one who got five bags of gold, it says he went at once to put the money to work, and then he gained five more. This man is proactive. He took what was given to him, and he produced results. So also, the one with two bags gained two bags more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. 
The master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I had not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So then, when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Each of us now, we've been given bags of gold from the Father God. God is very much like, like our investor. We know that in businesses, right, when they go into public funding, they get a bunch of investors. And those investors, they expect a certain return on their investment. God is our biggest shareholder. He has invested so much in us. Think of every opportunity, every open door, every prophetic word, every revelation that God has given you, and every talent, every ability that he's given you. Those are bags of gold. God wants us to produce and multiply what he has already given us. And if we do that, so much more will be given unto us. And, and you notice those servants, when they produced a return on their master's investment, you can see the happiness in them. Look, master, you gave me five bags of gold. I have five more. And the master says at the end, well done, good and faithful servant, right? You've been faithful with few. I will put you in charge of many things. That servant is moving into a position of higher authority. But it goes further. He says, come and share your master's happiness. And when we obey God, when we have faith and we implement the things that God has shown us, we share in the joy of the Lord. We share in his happiness. There is joy, there is fulfillment, and there's excitement in obeying God taking what he's already given you and implementing it in your life. But that servant who sat on what the master gave him, it says that he was thrown outside where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And when we don't take what God has given us and we waste it, there is regret. There is sorrow in not taking the opportunities that God's given you, not living in that abundance. So before I go... I'm going to leave you with this prophetic word. And this is in Matthew chapter 21. And this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he was speaking to the spiritual elders at the time. And it's being directed to us, the spiritual elders in the body of Christ now and to all of us here in the body of Christ. Those that do not produce fruit. Christ Jesus says, Matthew 21 verse 43 Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Okay, God is calling us now. We have to be proactive. He's given us so many opportunities, so many prophetic words and instructions and revelations. Okay, let us implement those things. Implement God's ways of doing things in every area of our life. Let us address issues that are in front of us now. And if we do that, then God will be able to tell us, right? You've been faithful and little. I will put you in charge of many things. And let me tell you, that is where you will begin to go and live according to the authority you have in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
So that's about all the time that we have for this week. I just want to remind you, if you enjoy this broadcast, we are supported by listeners just like you that enjoy this broadcast, that are touched by it. So if you were blessed by this broadcast, then I encourage you support us by going to our website, SOGMI.org. Again, that is SOGMI.org. And you can hit the donate button. You can do a recurring or a one-time gift. It's listeners like you that support this program as we continue to preach the gospel, disciple the body of Christ, and help us move into a position of authority. But that's about all the time that we have for this week. Again, if you enjoy this broadcast, you can listen to it. We have a podcast on our website, SOGMI.org, and we are on iTunes. We are on Google Play, okay? So if you just search for the, the prophetic voice of our time, we are there. And so I want to bless all of you. And thank all of you for listening, because God is continuing to move. He really desires to bring a move of God that the earth has never seen, not to the magnitude that he wants to bring. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. Let us take the talents, the opportunities that God has given us, and really begin to implement them and pursue them in our lives. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Till next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.